Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. On today's episode, we're going to dive into the latest box office numbers from the past weekend, as well as some of the headlines making news from around the industry. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a fan of audiobooks from any kind of genre, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, romance, biographies, autobiographies, come check out Audible today. Get a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial. AudibleTrail.com slash Larry21. And without further ado, let's dive right into the box office numbers from this weekend. The writing's been on the wall, basically, from the moment the Super Mario Brothers movie first hit theaters. But after weeks of sitting comfortably at the top, Universal, Illumination, and Nintendo's big movie collaboration has officially made $1 billion. It's been less than a full month, 
since the Super Mario Brothers movie premiered on those few short weeks, the project's already raked in a cool $490 million domestically and $532 million internationally, making it the fifth pandemic-era movie to cross the $1 billion mark. Given how the film only just opened in markets, including South Korea and Japan within the past few days, it's all but assured to make quite a bit more money before its theatrical run comes to an end. Having become the most financially successful video game movie ever, the Super Mario Bros. movie is a far cry from the catastrophic box office failure that was Nintendo's first Super Mario Bros. film from 1993. The movie's gross basically guarantees that we're going to be seeing more Mario sequels for years to come. It feels like a signal that Nintendo's big plan to build a new kind of entertainment empire for itself might just work. And with Mario at the top, thanks to 68.3 Weekend Overseas, Evil Dead Rise dipped 65% as expected, but has still earned $44.4 million after two weeks. New releases, Are You There God, It's Me, Margaret, collected $6.8 million from over 3,300 venues, while the action epic Sisu and Big George Foreman scored 3.25 and $3 million respectively. Surprisingly, the 40th anniversary re-release of Return of the Jedi totaled an impressive $4.7 million at 475 theaters, an incredible 10,300 per screen average. So to recap, in number one is Super Mario Brothers, followed by Evil Dead Rise. Then you have Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, John Wick, Chapter 4, Return of the Jedi, Number six, Dungeons and Dragons. Number seven is Air. And then you have Pony and Sylvan, part two. Then number nine, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Ten is Sisu. And eleven is Big George Foreman. Let us know your thoughts on the latest box office numbers from this past weekend. Were you surprised that Mario is still holding on? Of course, you do have to account for next weekend when, uh, or this weekend, I should say, when uh, Guardians of the Galaxy opens up, which will probably definitely kick Super Mario Brothers down to number two, at least. But we just have to wait and see. And now we're on to our next topic. Only Murders in the Building Season 3 has finally found its release date. It's almost time to head back for a new case as Hulu has apparently set a release date for the third season of their successful comedy Only Murders in the Building. According to Variety, Steve Martin and Martin Short revealed that the series will return on August 8th. During a comedy show that took place in Orlando, Florida this weekend, after the second season came to a close around a year before that, Selena and Gomez will join the actors in new episodes from the show that took the comedy landscape by storm when it premiered back in 2021. Plenty of familiar faces will be featured in the new season as potential enemies or allies of the crime-solving team. When Only Murders in the Building made its debut, it told the story of how three people who are fans of true crime podcasts that had the same name as the show 
were brought together seemingly by destiny when a dead body is found inside the building where they all live. While Charles, played by Martin, and Oliver, played by Short, didn't have a clue of what was actually going on, it was revealed early on to audiences that Mabel, played by Gomez, was directly connected with the case. The crew behind the comedy and the network itself didn't anticipate how well the show would resonate with audiences, prompting the production to be renewed quickly. During the second season of the show, Charles, Oliver, and Mabel have to stay out of trouble as the police are after them due to how to stay <clears throat> excuse me, due to how to stay close to the crimes they attempt to solve. Added to that, they would soon discover that some someone else is trying to follow them and potentially hurt them, as the perpetrator of a crime is now three steps ahead of them in every moment. Besides the dangers surrounding the main characters, the show also delivered when it came to its signature sense of humor even managing to introduce Amy Schumer as another resident of the Arconia. There are plenty of expectations for the third season of Only Murders in the Building, due to the fact that the previous season ended in a cliffhanger, with Paul Rudd's character dropping dead during a performance right before the credits began to roll. Besides the latest mystery for the team to solve, audiences will be excited to see Meryl Streep officially join the cast in the new installment, the three-time Academy Award winner was seen in a recent teaser trailer for the series, while details regarding her character are currently kept under wraps. Let us know your thoughts on the upcoming season of Murders and Only Murders in the Building. Are you a fan of the show? Have you watched uh, the other two seasons? Give us your thoughts on the show as a whole. Harrison Ford says Indiana Jones 5 is Indy's final on-screen appearance. Harrison Ford's upcoming appearance in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny marks his final appearance as the iconic archaeology professor. However, the actor also believes that it will mark the final appearance of the character himself on the screen. In an interview with Total Film, Ford stated, quote, This is the final film in the series, and this is the last time I'll play the character. I anticipate that it will be the last time that he appears in a film. He added that while he is aware of the television ser series currently in the works, he will not be involved. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hold it. Ford last played Jones 15 years ago in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which was one of the franchise's most devi divisive installments despite generally positive reviews from critics. When asked why he returned for one more film, Ford previously explained that it was so he could provide Indy with a more complete arc. Saying, quote, I wanted to see Indiana Jones at a later stage of his life. 
what is beyond the youthful enthusiasm and capacity, imbeset by age and stifled by academia. I wanted to see him engage on one more unexpected, unanticipated adventure. While the franchise continues to enjoy an enthusiastic fan base, Disney and Lucasfilm confirmed that this will be the final installment in the saga, which is a facet the studios have been pushing in much of Dial of Destiny's marketing thus far. Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy previously stated that Ford is crucial to the character and that without him, there isn't no Indiana Jones. We would never make Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. Regarding reports of a series, it was previously suggested that Disney Plus is developing a live-action series. Details were scarce, and there was only speculation regarding what the focus of the show would be and how it would depict Indiana Jones. Since then, it has been rumored that Lucasfilm scrapped the project to focus on building the Star Wars franchise. Indiana Jones and the Dial Destiny is set to hit theaters on June 30th. Let us know your thoughts on this topic. Uh, do you think Harrison Ford should keep uh, his character alive, or is it time to say goodbye to the archaeologist? And now for a final little uh, segment for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we're going to rank who's most likely to die. There's no way that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 doesn't leave us all in shambles, right? Between James Gunn's comments about the characters, tear-jerking trailers, we're basically guaranteed an ultra-emotional finale to the story of Marvel's beloved Pharaoh family. Of course, a lot of that emotion will likely come from having to say goodbye to many characters we've, whom we've grown to love. Guardians of the Galaxy ended with Groot's sacrifice to save his new family. Though he's ultimately resurrected. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 concludes with a Ravager funeral saying goodbye to the late Yondu with interstellar fireworks in a Cat Stevens ballad. This franchise is known to make use of grief and loss to drive characters forward and give us the emotions we love to feel at the movies. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 likely won't be any different, and that probably means a hero we love is going away for good. It's tough to say exactly which character might be dying in the new Guardians movie. Some of the franchise stalwarts, however, seem to have a greater chance of biting the dust. So let's take a look and try to determine how likely they are to die in Volume 3. We're going to start with the least likely, likely characters to die and move on to the most likely to die. But starting at number 7 is Groot. This one is pretty self-explanatory, right? We learned in the first movie that Groot can't really die. Versions of him can perish, sure, but there will always be a new Groot sprouting from the ashes. It also wouldn't make sense for Groot to be the biggest gut punch of Volume 3, since he provided the big emotional movement of Volume 1. So if you're worried about Groot, relax. He'll be just fine. Number 6 is is Mantis. Mantis dying doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially when you consider that this is the end of the road for the original Guardians. 
Yes, Mantis is unequivocally part of the team, but she wasn't one of the five members that started it back in 2014. Any new iteration of the Guardians after this trilogy concludes will need to carry over some members from the past, mixing them with new entries. Mantis provides a perfect opportunity to do just that, reminding viewers of the team it used to be without ever wearing out her welcome. Number five is Craglin. Craglin's in a similar situation to Mantis. He was in the first Guardians movie, but only as a supporting character. It took him a while to really become a part of the group. Could Craglin die in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Absolutely. But it wouldn't be nearly as big a blow as some of the franchise's other characters. It's also uh, worth noting that Sean Gunn isn't as nearly as big of a star as the Guardians headliners. That doesn't mean he's replaceable as a talent or anything, but getting Craglin for another movie or a quick cameo is a lot easier than tracking, tracking down Chris Pratt. Number four, Nebula or Gamora. It makes sense to rope these two together because their fates are somewhat tied to one another. The story of these two sisters remains one of the most powerful in the entire MCU, as they've overcome an abusive father to find and support one another as adults and heroes. If one of these characters does die, you can bet on the other one making it through. There's a good chance they both make it out, which would be ideal, but you have to account for the potential heartbreak of one of the sisters pushing forward without the other. Number three. We, of course, have to address Chris Pratt. On one hand, Chris Pratt is the biggest star of the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, so it would make sense to give him a true MCU ending that would allow him to move on with his career. On the other hand, and I mean this with all due respect, would anyone really care if something happened to Peter Quill? I've got nothing against the guy, but he is far and away the least interesting member of the team at this point. Then, number two, is Rocket. All the trailers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 have made it seem like Rocket Raccoon isn't goner. The flyaway into the forever voiceover accompanied by Star-Lord's screaming face feel like the closest thing to a nail in the coffin we've seen in the trailer. All of that adds up to what I think is actually a major misdirect. Marvel Studios has been known to do that with trailers, and it seemed entirely too obvious to be laid out in the ads for a movie that has promised a ton of emotion. Rocket is set up to take the fall, but my guess is he actually pulls through, leaving him and Groot to take more adventures in the future. So at number one, we have Drax. Dave Bautista has made it clear that he's done with Guardians and the MCU after this movie, and I think... We need to start taking his word for it. Drax has grown as much, if not more than any other character in the Guardians uh, lore, and his mission of seeing Thanos perish was accomplished in Avengers Endgame. It's now all about his friends, and he won't hesitate to lay his life on the line for any one of them. Let us know in the comments section below, who do you think is most likely to die in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? And give us a thumbs up if you like our videos, subscribe to the channel for even more content, and ring that bell to be notified of future videos. And as always, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinemagold. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been watching the Cinema Gold Show. Follow us on Twitter at Cinema Gold Show.
find us on Instagram at The Cinema Gold Show and on Facebook facebook.com slash The Cinema Gold Show Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese that pillowy bun Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.